Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Lori, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm super excited to be joined by Allison. Allison is a certified holistic health practitioner based out of Cleveland, Ohio. She is a certified holistic nutritionist, fitness trainer, and functional medicine health coach, and she's been working in the field since 2008. She does personal training in addition to working with clients virtually, offering wellness programs, virtual courses, and functional medicine-based health coaching. Her specialties include working with women who struggle with chronic stress, low energy, hormone imbalances, and thyroid and adrenal health issues. She believes in helping others reclaim their body and their health from a holistic inside-out approach, and her new passion is helping women improve their fertility and empowering other mums to find their own healthy, balanced lifestyle. In her free time, she enjoys spending time with her husband, Brian, and their five-month-old daughter, Natalie. She also enjoys exercise, baking, reading, writing, and being outside. Wow, Alison, I am so excited to chat to you about all of these topics. How are you going today? Hi, I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so wonderful to have you. I am fabulous. I was super excited about you in particular because it's such a blend with that holistic health coaching and then you you also helping out mums and helping people with fertility and then you have that fitness aspect. I'm really curious. I feel like anyone who goes into a holistic sort of field does it for a reason. Tell me more about your story and why you chose to undertake this holistic fitness journey. Ah, good question. Well, I got my start in the field in fitness. I fell into it in college, loved it, um, went to um, school for, for exercise science, became a personal trainer. But then I realized I was asking, I was very curious and asking my clients questions about what's going on outside of the gym, right? How are you sleeping? How are you eating? What is your stress level like? I was realizing that obviously what you're doing in your whole lifestyle is going to affect your results, how you feel from the inside out, right? Look, feeling and functioning at your best. Um, so I realized in order for my clients to get the best results, they needed that full, well-rounded approach. Um, then, since then, I've had my own health struggles and imbalances and saw my mom deal with some health issues as well. And then I got um, kind of bombarded by the conventional medicine system here in the US that just uses the Band-Aid approach, essentially. Um, it doesn't really look at root causes of why we're having imbalances or issues or symptoms, things like that. Um, so dive to dived deeper into how to get healthier without um, necessarily jumping to medications, drugs, surgery, and found functional medicine. And it's a growing field and essentially it mixes in a holistic approach in terms of that it's looking for um, the reasons why we're having issues. Um, If you are, let's say, eating right and paying attention to your nutrition and your exercise, but you're not feeling the results, you're not seeing changes, why? It it asks that. It's very curious. It's very comprehensive. So I said, this is exactly what I need. 
and was able to um, regain my health back, um, help my mom do the same. Um, and that has kind of sparked the the current path that I'm on now to continue to weave fitness into having um, my clients and other people get healthy. It's one, It's a component of an overall healthy lifestyle. Oh, that makes total sense. And I love the way you mentioned that, you know, often our traditional medicine is very much a Band-Aid. And if you want to dive in the root cause, that's where things like functional medicine and those holistic approaches come into play. Are you comfortable diving into your personal story and how you went from receiving that Band-Aid into discovering those root causes and what that journey kind of looked like? Yeah, of course. And I'd like to share it because I realized after speaking to many women, they're like, oh my gosh, that's me too. And I didn't know and that I thought I was the only one. That's what they say, right? Um, so sharing my story and being transparent has helped others. So I'm willing to share. Um, so it was 2014, 2015. Um, now it's 2023. That's when everything kind of snowballed and hit a wall with me. Um, I realized I was working um, way too much and I was in a very stressful, even though I was personal training, I was in a too stressful of a job. It wasn't the right environment for me. Um, I was planning a wedding. I had just moved across the country from the West Coast. I had a whole bunch of different stress factors. Some were good, right? Planning a wedding is good, but it was stress. So I had all this in my stress bucket and no good outlet. I was burning both candles at... Uh, burning the candle at both ends. So my adrenals basically got tanked. And what most people don't realize when they think about their health is that you can't uh, do it all. And you will eventually um, hit a point where your body can't keep up with the stressors and the circumstances in your life. So your adrenals are essentially small little glands that output hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, norepinephrine, these are good short term because we need to address the stress that we're under. But if they're constantly being taxed, your body essentially says, I can't, I got, I can't do this anymore. It slows down. Um, so it essentially you can have adrenal dysfunction or a cortisol imbalance, which either your cortisol becomes too high for too long and then it can actually bottom out and become like just low flat line cortisol. So essentially, my adrenals got tanked. Um, the rest of my hormones then were affected in terms of having hypothyroidism, so low thyroid function. Um, I lost my menstrual cycle for four, almost five years. I, I will preface this. I was on birth control and stopped it, and then it never came back because it was all during this really stressful time. So wow. here I am stressed out. I have brain fog. My body hurts all the time. I'm bloated. I'm constipated. I don't want to do anything. I'm not motivated. Yeah. Like you can look like yourself, but you internally don't, you're not functioning. You're not there. You just kind of like a facade. Um, so I went to the doctor and asked, you know, can we run some tests? What's going on? I, I something's off. Right. And they run, ran some basic panels and said, mm, well, everything just looks fine. However, I can give you a prescription for Zoloft. If you would like that, it's an antidepressant. And I said, I'm not depressed. 
I have mood swings, but I'm not depressed. I don't need this. And that was my answer. That was my option, right? It wasn't, let's run more tests. Let's see what's going on. No lifestyle recommendations. It was, Mm -hmm. here's this prescription if you would like it. And I left several times crying because you feel like crap. You feel like shit. And then you don't get any help. You feel very alone. So I said, enough is enough. So that's when I started looking more into my symptoms and diving deeper of why am I feeling this way? Um, And then that's how I found the functional medicine approach. Um, Since then, been working with specific um, physicians in the area, naturopath, functional medicine physicians to get my balance and my body back in balance and um, specifically all of my hormones, my adrenals, my thyroid, my sex hormones. Um, long story short, I went five, four or five years without having a menstrual cycle to gaining it back naturally to then two years after that becoming pregnant naturally. Now my daughter is six months old, six months old, and she's beautiful and amazing. And I never thought I, I shouldn't say never. I was so far away from this goal for so long. I didn't even know if it was possible. I mean, I was like at step zero, zero, negative two, right? I didn't even have a period. How am I going to get pregnant? Right. So it took several years and a lot of patience, a lot of discipline, and patience and faith um, to know that you can heal your body from the inside out. You can balance your hormones naturally. I didn't, I personally never took one pill or, you know, drug or medication for it because I wanted to support my body um, with just natural lifestyle factors and measures. So that's my story. And it's not done because, um, you know, still have to, continue my health and would like more children in the future and whatnot. So going from really bottomed out hormones to thinking I couldn't ever really get back to where I ever wanted to be or be a mom. Um, and now that I am just shows how, how resilient the body can be if you give it the right tools and the right environment. Mm, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And I do feel as though it it's relatable to a lot of women out there, especially those experiencing their quarter life crisis or, you know, they're in what is considered to be their prime, but they're like, Hey, why do I have no energy? I'm in my twenties. I should have all the energy. The doctor says I'm healthy. What on earth is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And worse is if it, it gets even worse as you get to 35, 45, because then they're, they say, Oh, it's just age. Or, oh, it's just perimenopause. Or, oh, you can go on birth control. And that's not solving the problem. That's just actually making it worse. And there's we're, there's just a big disconnect in the healthcare system. And so I can't one person change the healthcare system, but I can help one person and at a time and help educate, empower. These are, your, these are all of your options, right? You don't just have to do what one physician tells you be your own advocate, do your research, ask questions, try different, I wouldn't say modalities, but try different things and then stay consistent with it um, and see what happens. Yeah, see what works. And that's that's exactly true. There's nothing wrong with the medical 
industry. Mm. You know, if I get hit by a car, I don't want somebody like doing she all over me. I no. want to go to a surgery. I yeah. want a doctor if, if to I break my, <laughs> If I break my arm, I'm going to the ER. Like no doubt about it. Convent, like Western medicine is amazing, amazing in terms of what they can do in surgeries and saving lives. But we are such in a reactive state of healthcare, and it need we need a proactive approach as well. So yes, we it's definitely a blend, and that's why functional medicine is essentially that. It's not saying, you know, let's not um, not use medication, but it's let's use it where we need it, and but let's also make sure the lifestyle is there too. And I say the medication is only going to work as well as your body's working. So you. You might as well do the lifestyle piece in addition to it if you are going to take that route. Absolutely. Talk me through that process. Talk me through, you mentioned earlier that, you know, it's really good to try different things and stay consistent with it. So if you have Mm -hmm. a client similar to you, they maybe they put on a little bit of extra weight, they're wanting to get fit, but also they're feeling really, really low and they have no idea how they're going to get out of bed half an hour earlier earlier to even do 10 jumping jacks, you know? So how do you work with a client like that? What does that process look like? Good question. Um, because I have, I, I have several clients right now currently who, who feel that way. And my style of coaching and my philosophy is I'm always going to meet the client where they're at day by day, week by week, whatever the circumstances are, you know, as your philosophy is too, we know we should eat a certain way or move. We know what the perfect day looks like, but it's how do I fit fit that into my lifestyle? Is my current routine um, essentially is the question, and that's what I'm. That's what I do for each client is say these are these are top recommendations. This would be awesome if we could do this. Now, how can we make it work for you where you're at right now? And with each. I say pillar of health, we kind of choose which one do they feel most confident to start with. So um, if they say, hey, I really want to dive into working on my nutrition first, then we do that instead of saying, well, I need you to work on exercise. Well, maybe they're not mentally, emotionally, physically ready for that. So always starting with their desires and wants first and then presenting them with recommendations, but then always asking for feedback. And it's more of, it's a collaboration. It's a question of what do you think is feasible and possible? Um, So for instance, like with exercise, again, ideally we say, ideally, let's say 30 minutes. But we know we're not there right now. So we can start with maybe 10 minutes. See how that goes. Um, I say everything's in pencil. So let we say we try it for a couple of days, a week, we check in. The accountability is huge. So it's not just, mm-hmm. hey, good luck and I'll talk to you in a month. It's tell me how that went. Not only physically, how did it feel, but is it actually sustainable and realistic? Uh, my clients then kind of laugh because I'm, kind of a stickler of we get so specific of what they're doing at one specific time like okay we're going to grocery shop well when are you going to grocery shop and where and what are you going to buy and so it becomes we're trying to get rid of all the barriers Mm. and so instead of just saying I'll exercise no I'm going to do yoga for 10 minutes at 7 a.m on Mondays there perfect it's put in your calendar and it's penciled in um 
So you're more likely to stay accountable to that. The other kind of two pieces with women too is we have to, with all of this, is setting right boundaries for ourselves, whether that's with other people and making sure that we're a priority, not your health is a priority. And the second part is training your mindset as well. And I know that's huge because with you too, because it could be going through the motions, but if you don't think you're going to succeed, if you think you're going to stay sick or not healthy, you're going, it's just going to be that self-fulfilling prophecy. So you have to, in the mornings, if you really are fatigued and you're having a flare up or you just like don't want to do it or whatever the circumstances, you can say, this is hard right now. This, I'm having a really tough morning. Um, I don't feel good. And I just acknowledge, acknowledge it, right? Put it out there. But then you follow it up with the more positive, empowering statement. Although I don't feel my best right now, it's a really hard day. I am still going to do some stretches. I am still going to make myself a priority and show my body that I'm worth it and put some effort towards it. Whether that's now or say I'm going to do it, you know, later in the day or or whatever the the situation is. Um, But having, continuing to pump yourself up, having a um, just empowering uh, mindset, I think is really huge because if you've ever stopped to think about what you say to yourself and in the voice in your head or like even how sometimes like what you say out loud to yourself, it's, it's terrible. And so we are hard on ourselves. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. So making sure our mindset and having the right um, boundaries with our time and energy is also important to actually do the things that we want to do. I hope that all makes sense. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals. And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal-getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, 
Listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee. L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. Your clients are so lucky to have you <laughs> because you just seem like the ultimate hype person, but then also accountability buddy. And that specificity is so important when it comes to the goals. Something that really jumped out to me and what you said just then is with women especially, it's teaching them how to make themselves, their time and their energy a priority. Why is this so important with women specifically? Because we wear a million hats and we put so much pressure on ourselves and our expectations are usually above where they should be. And any woman that's listening to this will say, yes, they're nodding their heads thinking I'm constantly, I'm, I'm myself, but I'm also, let's say the wife, the mom, the employee, the daughter, the friend, the I'm trying to do it all. And I've got 17 things up in my head constantly. I have to remember this appointment. Don't forget to wrap that gift. Oh yes, I need to. Oh, also, wouldn't it be really nice to make some cookies for my neighbor who's not feeling well? I'll add that to my list too. They don't, you know what I mean? Like we're going above and beyond our duties Mm. because why? Because number one, it feels good, right? To be productive. That's my, that, that is my own personal blessing and curse is that the, I find my self worth in my productivity mm. and what I do, um, for others and for other people. And in during the day, if I could check off that to do list, it's been a good day. Um, some women, they struggle with, they do it for pleasing others and mm. finding that acknowledgement. Um, and it's also to not feel, um, to just feel like they have their worth essentially is doing something for somebody else acknowledging that. So guys are very men. They're literally wired differently. Yeah, they are. And there's, there's, (laughs) They are, and they just don't get it because women are trying to do all these things at once and men just say, well, I just go to work or I just do this or whatever. They're not trying, they're not three steps ahead of like we are. And it's not a bad thing, but I kind of sometimes wish I was a guy because then I just wouldn't have to have it all appear. Um, But that's another reason why with our hormones, with this pressure and the stress, why women are more prone to having these health issues because we're trying to do too much. So Mm -hmm. making sure we are, again, setting boundaries for ourselves. For instance, if you're somebody like me who tends to want to do all the things and work so much, we need to set that boundary of protecting our energy. Then uh, other people, you have to set the boundary of not overdoing it for other people Mm. and being a people pleaser and saying yes and yes to everything. Your health is not just, again, how you move, what you eat. It's what's going on up here in your head. It's how you talk to yourself. It's like, are you enjoying life too? You know, do you enjoy your workouts? Do you enjoy your work? It's, it's everything. If you're not feeling intuitively good in all of that and enjoying it, then something needs to change. Yeah, totally. 
I mean, so much of that rang true with me as well. Even though I teach people this stuff, if one of my friends down in Greenville, which is like an hour and 15 minutes away, texted me and said, Laurie, I need you here tonight because I'm having a really bad day and I just need you to watch a TV show with me, I would be there. <laughs> you know, I would put everything else on hold, all of like the business stuff on hold just to make them happy. And I think um, even though you teach it, it's it's definitely important to like figure out like, who you're giving your energy to, who you're giving your time to, if you're receiving that equal reciprocation. And I do think men are wonderful as well. Like men, men are great, but I will say that the way that women are kind of conditioned in society, I feel like we're both trying to be that masculine energy and feminine energy at the same time, you know, and I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about that productivity, but also we want to receive, but it's like, it's got to be equal and balanced. It's a very strange tightrope that we walk and it kind of feels sometimes like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's really hard because, and, and for some reason too, we, like, we, we tend to judge other women too of like what they're doing or not. And like, whether it's subconscious or, 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 you know, you really are, but it's like, oh, she's got it all together or she doesn't have to work or she she only works, and especially being a new mom, you, you look at things from a different lens because I am a business owner and I thoroughly love work, but I love my daughter and I love my husband and I want to spend time with them and they're both important. So it's how do you find, how do you find that balance mm-hmm. um, of your time and energy? But going back to the um, setting yourself a priority and like how you would jump in and in and help your friend we, there's nothing wrong with helping others. And it's not that we need to be put ourselves on the top priority, like nothing else matters. You know, you can still be very giving and generous, but you have to be on that ladder somewhere. Yeah. Like so many of my clients were not even there. They weren't doing anything for themselves. So the fact that they actually can voice their opinion um, or make time for themselves in their day and not just give, give, give themselves to their work and their family and their kids. That's a huge accomplishment. So just putting yourself on that, on the board is, mm. is, is a win. Tell me how that changes once you become a mom. You're a new mom. So you, it's probably fresh in your mind. How does that change once you have a kid? Oh, it's so hard. I am blessed that my <laughs> daughter is wonderful. She's very sweet. She, um, she's happy all the time. She's a good sleeper. So again, every child is different, but it, it was, and it still is a transformation from going from your own schedule. And, you know, you think you're busy before kids and you <laughs> fill up your day and then you throw a baby in there and everything just changes. This innate feeling of, Oh, you just, you just take care of them. That's just your, your mother, your parent, that's just, um, going to happen. But I will say, I, I don't feel my best and I can't be the best mother if I don't have time for myself or Mm. do those things for myself because I have felt it in the last six months. If, um, I neglect that self care. That word is very overused, but essentially, if you're not taking care of yourself, you just don't feel good. You don't feel good mentally, emotionally, and that's going to cause a buffer in your relationship with your children and your spouse and, you know, your work, et cetera. Um, so 
giving to her is obviously the best thing in the world. But if I, I have to make sure I have the time for myself. So Mm -hmm. that's having a wonderful support system. So whatever that means in terms of a spouse, family, friends, childcare, um, delegating as best as you can is really important too. I always ask, what are certain things that only I can do versus somebody else can do for Mm -hmm. me? For instance, somebody, you know, I can have my husband do the dishes, but only I can nurse my daughter. That's an example. Um, or I can only do my client plans, but my somebody else can do the housework, so to speak. Um, a lot of the little things, you just learn to be creative and multitask at the same time. So um, she's on the mat and I'm folding laundry. Um, she is, we do a lot of baby wearing. So she'll, she loves being in the carrier. So I'm prepping food and she's in there. She's there. She's watching me or... She's very inquisitive and involved. Um, put her in the stroller or the carrier and go for a walk so you get movement that way. Mm. So being really creative with your time of going, how can I involve her with the daily activities as well? So it doesn't just have to be totally separate. So then you don't have to use nap time or when they're sleeping to do the laundry. No, that's the time when you can sleep, exercise, do something for yourself instead of doing house chores. Yeah. I love that. Those, those are two really solid strategies. One, habit stacking. How can I yes. like do one thing while like my child's doing something that's like multitasking? And the other thing you mentioned was delegating. And I love the way you put it in like, what things can I only do? Like obviously breastfeeding is one of those things. And what things can I delegate elsewhere? And you know, like if you're able to, you can get a cleaner. If you're not able to, hopefully you have a supportive husband or a sister or something like that who'll help you out. Those are some really great strategies, really simply put. 100%. And it's just, it's being creative with what you have for the opportunity. Going back to what you're saying in the morning, let's say, You'll, you're super exhausted. You can barely do like 10 minutes or 10 jumping jacks. Then just do that, right? Um, whether you're a new mom or not, having, having your child get involved in your activity as well and seeing your child, having your child, children see you do these things for yourself is really important. Setting a mm. stage of, hey, we're in the kitchen and we're cooking food. This is our normal. You create the normal. Um, if they see me exercising and they're sitting there on the mat as, you know, as she gets older too, that'll just become, this is what we do is we exercise. So incorporating your children into the healthy lifestyle that you have instead of keeping it separate, um, I think is that's going to be a huge, um, part of success. Yes, having my free time to where you can have your time alone um, obviously is is necessary. But being able to not feel like, oh, well, she's awake. What am I going to do? Well, involve her in it. Um, and so that way you can still feel like you are doing things for yourself while not neglecting the time with your children either. Mm, that's so important. And it's funny because... You know, being a personal trainer, I obviously know a lot of personal trainers that I've either worked with or I trained with or whatever have you. And 
most of them that are parents, they're doing bike rides with their kids and their kids are in like a little backpack or one in particular actually has an ice ice bath in their backyard and they'll be in the ice bath doing their recovery and their kids will be running around and and stuff. So it's really cool for them to be able to see, you know, what is like in that family really normal. But I guess if you're not focused on your health and fitness, let alone your recovery, going into an ice bath would seem absolutely crazy for some families. <laughs> right, right. But again, you create the norm. So mm. if this is, and you're setting the, that priority of, of this is a priority for mom and dad. This is what we do. We're going to exercise. We're going to eat right, etc. Um, so then they don't end up growing up like, oh, well, they're used to, basically, they're used to seeing mom work out. They're used to going on bike rides. They're, they're not, um, they're not accustomed to doing fast food or et cetera. So, um, it goes back to if you make yourself a priority, whether that's before, after, during kids, um, that sets the stage to maintain everything. For sure. I've noticed as a personal trainer that people, um, when they get pregnant, they are starting to become really cognizant of this because they, they learn that, okay, my child for the first like four to seven years of their life are going to learn through conditioning and modeling, which is basically monkey see, monkey do. And they're wanting to get into these healthy habits. So can you talk more about what, you know, exercise and health looks like when you're pregnant? Mm, good question. I, it was so awesome being pregnant because I felt really great. I know I'm, I sound like a weirdo, um, but it was so cool to celebrate my body, you know, and being, I was so excited to finally get pregnant um, and to feel good. That was my motivation was because I, because I have a body, because I am able, that's why I move. Um, that's why I exercise. And that's kind of my mantra across the board. Um, I'm grateful that I have limbs and that I have a body that's functioning and healthy and, you know, the opportunity to move. Um, when pregnant, it's interesting of all the different changes that happen and you just kind of evolve with it. And then now you're back in a new body and you're like, Oh, I'm, I don't have that constant urge to pee all the time. Oh, this is nice. Um, so <laughs> you have to continuously be mindful of how you're feeling checking in with yourself, um, knowing when things are challenging and hard or past that point it's, it, where it's painful or it's mm. not safe. Um, there were certain things that I would have to tell myself, although this is a great exercise or um, routine, it is not the healthiest or best option right now. And that can be used across the board, whether you're injury or coming back from something, right? This is not the best thing for me right now. Something else would be um, because of you just have to weigh out benefits and obviously risks. Um, so instead of getting down on myself going, oh, I, I can't do that. It's I'm choosing to do something else instead. I can do this and not focusing on the negative. So knowing it's also not permanent. Hey, in a couple months, I'll be able to do that thing again. But right now, this is going to be the best for my body. And still celebrating the fact of, hey, I'm getting out there and I'm moving and I'm doing the best I can. Um, again, every female is different. Um, 
again, I posted throughout my story, I was still running and doing plyometrics. And, you know, up until I worked out till the two days before I delivered, wow. um, I just, I felt really great. So I just kept it going. I'd never had really any major reasons why to stop. Um, everyone's like, your energy is great. I'm like, yeah, I just move it or lose it kind of attitude. Um, not every woman, not every female can say that though. And I, so that's why I understand to be, to give yourself grace, move your body, celebrate, do what you can modify, modify when and where you need, need be, but keeping that mindset of this is not permanent. I'm choosing to do something else. Um, and being really flexible, creative with, um, what you choose to do. Yeah. And I love that. And that framing can be used with anything instead of like, oh, I can't go to the gym because my kid's sick again. It's I'm choosing to prioritize looking after my child who is unwell and I will go to the gym another day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or I, I can't do, um, I can't do these pushups because my, because I injured my shoulder. It's I'm choosing not to do pushups. I'm choosing to do this back exercise because that's going to, leave me that's going to improve my health more than the push-ups will or whatnot um i think we just we as society we're so negative and we just say i can't or um i shouldn't or i never instead of focusing on all these opportunities so it's just taking the same situation with a different perspective and like you said oh my kid's sick so i am choosing to prioritize them or then Let's say my 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 child is sick. Although I can't go to the gym, I'm choosing to stretch later or do something for myself. Um, and that's okay. Like it's okay that I didn't get to work out because that's a different part, different hat, and job that it takes um, takes more of you in that moment. For sure. And that negativity used to be really important. You know, back in the day, if we heard a rustle in the bush, if we reframed that to be like, oh, the wind I'm grateful for, it's, it's like, no, we're going to turn around. We're going to go, shit, there's a tiger. I want adrenaline. I want norepinephrine. I want all the things to get me yeah. or flight. But actually, that's a good segue too, because earlier on in the conversation, we were talking about all of those hormones and we were talking about all of those hormones from these negative thoughts and from all these stresses, whether it be positive stress or negative stress. Blending it into all of this fitness chat that we've just had, how do hormones affect our physical and, you know, mental results? They're everything. And I will say hormones, it's not just when you think of estrogen or your thyroid. There's ton, there's so many hormones in your body that play a different role in all the organ systems and how you, again, how you feel, how you function. So you can, I say your physiology will affect your physique. So you could be doing all the lifestyle factors correctly, but if your internal health is not up to speed, not optimal, not just good or average, just if it's not where it needs to be, then you're just going to um, be spinning your wheels and not getting the results you want. Um, So the four main hormone kind of systems that I help my clients with and that um, I teach is you've got your adrenals with, again, your cortisol, your um, adrenaline, that fight or flight with your sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system. Then you have your thyroid, which controls 
It's basically your metabolism and your internal thermostat. You also have your pancreas and that releases insulin and glucose that control blood sugar. Huge aspect of a hormone that we really don't talk about a lot, especially with Mm. women. But our blood sugar affects our thyroid, our stress, and our sex hormones is the fourth system. So our reproductive hormones like estrogen, progesterone, um, testosterone. So most people just focus on, oh, I just need to see what's going on with estrogen, progesterone. But really where it starts from is the cortisol and Mm. this cascading effect. Um, So if you have underlying stress stressors, whether that's subconscious negative thoughts about ourselves, maybe it's the chemicals in our beauty products, it's the um, non-organic food that we're eating, you know, food products that aren't good, maybe we aren't sleeping, all of those are stressors and they add to that stress bucket. And so that will then, so our lifestyle will then affect the thyroid, the um, sex hormones and the blood sugar and inflammation. So inflammation, stress are at the underlying root um, of all, pretty much all health concerns and disease. So if you can calm stress and inflammation, the other hormones will then um, be positively affected. So you don't just want to chase one, each individual one. You want to look at everything from um, kind of a bird's eye view. Wow. I think there's a lot of content out there on, you know, stress management regarding, you know, lowering the cortisol by managing your circadian rhythm, um, that cortisol melatonin balance and all of that. But what about inflammation? You just mentioned, you know, we're not talking as much about the blood sugars as much. So what are some things that people can tangibly do to lower their inflammation and blood sugar or that blood sugar balance that you just spoke about? Good question. So kind of two different questions there. So inflammation can be caused by, um, again, chemical exposure, um, mental stress, um, the environment that you're in. But specifically, if you're talking about blood sugar, glucose, and insulin, what Mm. happens is when we are specifically women, um, we, I see a lot of under eating as well as, um, erratic eating, women that don't prioritize the right balance of macros. So it's usually not enough protein and too many carbs in ratio of each other. Mm -hmm. And um, their cravings are super high. And what happens is your blood sugar, your essentially your energy is on this huge roller coaster all day. And we start the day off with like, let's say maybe just coffee or something like that. Because number one, we don't have time or energy for breakfast. Or or we think I'm gonna start, I wanna restrict my calories, so I don't wanna eat anything in the in the day. Um so maybe you are not eating enough during the day, and then when you do eat, you do something like a bagel or mm-hmm. oatmeal or toast. And all of that are straight carbohydrates. Yeah. Not, I'm not killing on the carbs. They're great. They're necessary, but it's the context of where, of how they're eaten. So if you have specifically carbohydrates in the morning alone without a protein or a fat, your blood sugar goes way up and then you come crashing back down because there's nothing to stabilize it. So this constant up and down with blood sugar 
whether that's by just eating carbohydrates, whether that's um, erratic eating, so you're not eating consistently throughout the day. Or again, if you're, let's say, skipping a meal and then overeating, so it's you're just not getting the right nutrients throughout the day, that blood sugar goes up and down. Every time we spike blood sugar, insulin has to be released to then transport that into the body, um, into the bloodstream to, uh, or get it, basically send it to all the organs to be yeah. used for energy. So when it's up and down, up and down, the body has to work extra hard. And insulin, um, essentially, diabetes and insulin resistance are very uh, much correlated because the insulin gets so, let's say, lazy, but it gets tired. It gets tired of like, hey, you've been wanting me to work all day long because you eat bagels and candy and then you don't eat and whatever. Um, so you could have normal glucose levels and high insulin, which just means um, there's a lot of inflammation again in the body from that. Wow. So um, recapping from there, we want to be able to eat consistently, make sure we're eating enough. And um, when you do eat, it's the right balance of macronutrients for you and your body and your goals. Wow. I know that you and I both, and that's super interesting and very valid. And I feel like a lot of girls... Uh, women listening to this, especially my corporate girlies, will definitely be like, I drink four cups of coffee. Then at lunch, I realize I need to eat. And then I just eat whatever I can get my hands on because I am stressed. Um, I know that you and I both align on not dieting. So how do you Mm -hmm. support people to make healthier choices without telling them like, hey, you need to go on this diet? Yes. Um, because even though I'm certified in nutrition, it's, I never want to tell somebody what to do because Mm. I know if somebody told me you need to, you need to eat this, I would mm, mm, red flag there. Um, I say it's providing structure with flexibility and customization. So providing meal, um, ideas and menus, essentially. Um, I always intake what do you, what are your favorite foods? What do you like the most? What are your not favorite foods? Right. Um, let's build off of that. What are the top veggies that you like? Cool. Let's incorporate lots of those. So starting from where they, where they're at, what, what they like, and then making healthy swaps for those, um, comfort foods or those favorite foods that might not be so nutrient dense, like Mm. mac and mac and cheese or pizza or something that's very you know could be very carb heavy but also higher in inflammatory foods how can we make healthy swaps let's use some maybe chickpea pasta let's use organic cheese um let's add in some you know um veggies or something like that some spices to add some nutrients in there so we're making healthy swaps so that they do not feel deprived as well as again making sure that um they're enjoying the meals. That's really important. I feel that your nutrition is not just what you eat, it's how you eat. Um, and part of it, part of healthy eating is enjoying it. Mm. And if, cause you could be eating something that's very nutrient dense, but if there's no enjoyment or satisfaction out of it, um, I don't feel like it's checking all the boxes. So you want to be able to 
like what you eat as well as have it be nourishing. So I, so nourishing physically and mentally, emotionally. Totally. I love that. And I love how you provide a framework for customization. And you start that framework by figuring out what people enjoy. It's like that way you're not going to give them, you know, something on the protein menu. Like they've said they don't like fish. Let's, let's look for some other sort of omega three. <laughs> right. And I also ask, so for instance, if a client says, I don't like fish, my, my next question is, okay, why not? Tell me more. Because maybe they just haven't prepared it the right way. Maybe they mm. just had it once and they're like, oh, never again. Let's be creative and see if we can swap that. Or maybe it's, no, I don't eat fish because uh, I, I'm a vege- vegetarian or something like that. Then I respect that decision too. So I always try to find the context of why they like something or don't like something because then <laughs> um, it gives me a little bit more information on how we can... I can create kind of a menu sample. So that's essentially it. Like here are some breakfast options. I think that would be great for you. What are your thoughts? Let's try these. Um, And so using those healthy swaps, making sure they still taste good. I think we just underutilize spices and herbs Mm. like across the board. It does not need to be plain. Put salt, put some sea salt on your food too. Like, by right. golly, I yeah, like it does not need to be plain. Um, so spice it up, use your flavors, um, so it doesn't taste like cardboard. For sure. Anytime someone says I'm a good cook, I'm literally like it's smoked paprika. Like it's, yes. it's herbs, it's everything. It's it's That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that and like the everything but the bagel seasoning. I think I put that on pretty much everything I can. Just like just having um, the natural flavors makes a big difference. For sure. No, I totally agree. Allison, it has been so amazing to have you on the podcast. I could talk to you forever. I could honestly have a two-hour conversation with you. So I feel like I'll have to have you back sometime just so we can keep chatting. We do have a closing question on this podcast. And that question is, if you were to give your 20-year-old self just one or two sentences of advice, what would that be? I would say to myself, it would be to say, keep working hard, but don't lose sight of the big picture in terms of um, what's really important. Don't put all of your self-worth in what you do, um, more of who you are in the relationships. Um, the other piece would be to... Hmm, I would say continue to be your own advocate for your, for your health and don't, um, don't just, don't give up, um, and don't give in to, Mm. um, I guess the initial, uh, something that's initially said to you. Keep questioning things, be your own advocate. For sure. I love that. Both of that is just like stand in your own power, girl. Pretty much. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Stand up for yourself. (laughs) You do you. I say that a lot. You do you. Um, Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. No, it's been wonderful. Where can people find you? So I'm on Facebook and Instagram for social media. Um, Wellness with Allie is my Instagram. Finesse Fitness with Allison is my website as well as my Facebook. I hang out with Hang out there with my daughter mixed in there with fitness and nutrition. Yay! 
Oh, well, I'm sure everyone has just fallen in love love with you today and I'll be sure to have those details in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining today, Alison. And for everybody who is listening, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and keep on shining.